Well, welcome to the next edition of Business Law Focus. It's great having you with us. And we Really pleased to um, have Tendai Jangara join us today. She's a director in the dispute resolution practice at Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer. And we're talking in the wake of um, um, ESCOM's CEO uh, resigning under a cloud. But when he did his interview on ETV, he was actually blowing the whistle on significant corruption. And it's just a long line. We've seen the State Capture Commission of whistleblowers. Um, facing a lot of heat, a lot of pressure, uh, some of them having to, you know, face um, undue kind of uh, threats on their lives and families and etc. And it, it seems to be a, a, a becoming a bit of a problem. And we want to chat about the Protected Disclosures Act. And Tendai is an expert in this area. Um, and, and Tendai, maybe just give us a bit of a backdrop as to where we are with the Act. And I know that you've done some research into how we can start closing some of these gaps and improving protection for whistleblowers so that they actually feel that they can start speaking up um, you know, far more loudly than they have in the past. Thank you very much, Evan. Um, you know, thinking about this topic, um, I went back into history, um, looked at the Mike Chichonga case, which happened in between 2004. Yeah. And here we are almost 20 years later dealing with the same issues, where we have employees who blow the whistle on malfeasance in the workplace and unfortunately find themselves um, suffering occupational detriment and being in a very difficult position. And as you say, you know, we, we see where we are now with the ESCOM matter. And we look at our Protected Disclosures Act, which is from 2000. We had amendments in 2017. And still we find gaps in how we protect our whistleblowers. And I think our main problem when we look at this is, yes, we have the law, but the law is reactive. So we find our whistleblowers coming forth, um, reporting the matters that they have, being outed very often. We know their names. We know the organizations they work for. And unfortunately, we see retaliation coming from the very organizations that they feel that they are trying to assist by coming forward. So we see almost a 20-year history. We have mm. our legislation that's been in place. But unfortunately, at this point, we still have gaps. And um, these are the things we now need to look at in terms of how do we take this forward, um, going just not only legal, but looking at the practical of how we can protect our whistleblowers. And you make an interesting point that the Labor Relations Act, of course, protects, you know, the employees' um, rights, but it, it has a limit when it comes to salary, um, you know, and income yes. provisions. And so if you blow the whistle um, and there's a negative, there's a backlash, um, and you lose your job, you're only going to have, you know, up to two years maximum with the Labor Relations Act. And, and I think you're looking at proposals that go far further than that, right? Absolutely. So, you know, speaking specifically on the Labor Relations Act and looking at our Protected Disclosures Act, what we find is we really are just focusing on the employee, but not on uh, the impact that uh, blowing the whistle has on the person beyond just being the employee. So a person is someone who has a family, they have responsibilities, and as you rightly say, the maximum you can get from the Labor Relations Act, if you decide to go that route, um, would be two years worth of uh, remuneration, which is nothing compared mm. to the impact that um, whistleblowers suffer, where often their personal reputation, but also 
most of their professional reputations are, are destroyed and it's difficult for them to get employment post having been a whistleblower. So these are some of the issues that um, whistleblowers face. And again, I think it's rooted in the fact that we are very reactionary. Our law is reactionary to the fact that a whistleblower blows the whistle and then can seek um, compensation after the fact. But it's often too late. And we now need to look at being proactive. Our Protected Disclosures Act needs to look at being proactive. So if a person becomes aware of information, they should be able after a very considered a process, uh, looking at their own personal circumstances, be able to say, you know what, I can report this, but I know I will be protected from the time I make the disclosure through the process, whether it goes the judiciary process or an internal investigation process, but the protection needs to cover them fully through the process and not be reactionary after they've uh, reported whatever it is they've become aware of. Yeah, it's quite interesting with the director case that threats are now being lobbied, you know, thrown around that um, he has to now come and make these th the, these um, things stick, you know, and um, it's uh, it, it, it's you know it's obviously something that's happening out there. It's quite real. Um, the backlash is is quite real, but of course, but that is the point as well. Is let's just, I mean sometimes whistleblowers, and and I'm not using Dorita necessarily as an example of all whistleblowers, but sometimes whistleblowers also have an agenda, um, in some respect. You know, how do you manage that? Um, you know, when a whistleblower themselves um, may have an agenda or may even be wrong, how do you you know how do you prevent that type of thing? Absolutely. You, you're very correct, Evan. So, you know, we find that uh, some reports are made in bad faith. We find that some employees have mm. an agenda, um, have a grievance, which they feel hasn't been dealt correctly with, or absolutely want to target a certain person in uh, the, the course yes. of the employment. So, the correct way of dealing with this is again looking at it from a very proactive approach. What organizations need to have in place is one, the correct um, mechanisms for people to make reports and when those reports are made there needs to be an investigative uh, capability either within the organization or having been outsourced where all whistleblowing reports can be assessed. So as soon as the report is made, it needs to be independently and fairly assessed to see if there's merit, if there's a prima facie case there. And once the prima facie case has been established, investigation then needs to take place. Um, you know, there's, you know, you're referring to Teresa at the moment and the press has been put on him to go and report what he's aware yeah. of. Now, this is information that's in, in the public domain. Um, I don't know if, you know, for an employee, it is fair to then say they must go the extra mile to mm. either the report it or conduct almost a, a, a mini investigation yeah. on their own. It should be enough for our whistleblowers to make a report in good faith, that report be taken by the correct persons who have the capabilities to investigate and then take it forward the onus should not be on the whistleblower it needs to be mm. on the organization to then take the information forward and investigate oh you make such a fabulous point it suddenly starts then cr crystallizing as to how much better this thing could have played out you know if we had all of this in place and it was done properly and it, it, it kind of uh, lends itself to your point that this needs to be a little bit uh, a lot more formalized than it is at the moment and you've got some ideas on that right um, as to how to Absolutely. create this body. Absolutely. So, 
you know, we find, um, you know, we have our legislation, organizations then uh, play this out in policies and procedures within uh, their own organizations. We find whistleblowing procedures and some will have independent um, hotlines that you can report to. What needs to happen is at a national level, we need a body which formalizes how tip-offs can be dealt with. And that needs to then filter down into organizations, into our public sector, into departments. This organization needs to clarify and give teeth to our legislation in terms of protecting, again, proactively, protecting our whistleblowers. So when a whistleblower decides that they want to go forward with information, they should be able to approach a body and say, I have information concerning my employer, I have information concerning a certain organization. Go there, report the information, and the investigative arm, whether it then goes internal or it goes to an independent organization, needs to come from that regulatory body. So we need to really, you know, spend time seeing how this can be organized. But again, it has to be proactive. It has to be put in place. Once we have a proactive, clear approach, um, which bridges this gap between whistleblowers' investigations and resolution of matters, I think we'll, we'll see a lot more people coming forward when they know that as a whistleblower their obligation is to report but their obligation then ends at that point it's not for them to then carry this onus this very heavy burden of making sure that you know this matter is seen through while they're fighting uh, whether it be their employers or whoever they've made their whistleblowing um, they've given their whistleblowing reports to I think we'll see a lot more information coming through which can only be beneficial um, for us at a national level and again within our core organizations. And I do like the way in your research you're also mentioning these amendments to the PDA that we're looking at is is about more than just that you know that income you know it's it's future job security which is important you know it's it's things like um, of course, we mentioned the financial, but what about emotional support, legal support? Uh, there may be need for other support, um, uh, fa- familial, uh, family support. You know, um, some some guys are not even in the country, type of thing. And um, it's uh, I really like that. I think that that covers so much more ground. Um, and it's um, you know, when, when can we expect amendments to the PDA? You know, um, even uh, we have a lot of organizations in South Africa which speak on whistleblowing topics. Um, you know, at the moment, um, I, I was just reading through uh, a proposed protect, uh, protect a Whistleblower Protection Act, which will go further than the PDA. But at the moment, we, we're not bringing all of these amendments together under one umbrella. And I think that's where our big challenge is. So it's a challenge for us in the legal fraternity to really drive this, um, working together, obviously, with the public sector, with the Ministry of Justice, to Department of uh, Justice to see how we can immediately affect this. I know from from SONA, our president is taking this very seriously. So within the next year or two, we must see these changes coming into place. And until that happens, we'll continue to see um, these these. Uh, the detriment that people are suffering. Uh, we see our Prasa case, which is happening now with Martha Ngoi, still going on, mm-hmm. where she has been vindicated but is still suffering um, the effects of uh, her whistleblowing. So it is something that is really required immediately and something that we must see within the next year. We must see these amendments to the PDA. 
of course, with the shocking Babita Diokaran case and, um, you know, what happened there is, is also, you know, the repercussions for people that take this type of action, uh, such severe action, you know, uh, where they actually can kill these whistleblowers. You know, the, if you have all of this in place, it'll certainly help that and prevent that type of, you know, approach to it. Um, and, and I think it's necessary. Corruption is so high at the moment. Uh, we just had the grey listing. You know, all of these elements, we get them in place and we can start fighting that fight against corruption. So, uh, Tendai, thanks very much for chatting. Some really great input. Thank you very much, Evan. And uh, we look forward to seeing our, our law progress and this really filter down into organizations, our public sector and protections for whistleblowers coming into place so that we can deal with uh, all of these issues of corruption, of grey listing. We want our economy to thrive. We want to make sure that our people are doing well within their organizations and are protected when they come forward with information.